Hey, yo, say hello to the fact Scott Hall. Hey, this is Olympic gold medalist Kurt Angle from TNA. Oh, it's real. It's damn real. Hi, this is Booker T, the five-time WCW champion. And you listen to SNS Radio Network. Yo, monkeys, it's me, P-P-P, the king of Bada Bing, the master of the diamond cutter, the three-time, three-time, three-time world champion. Stay tuned or you will feel Hey, you listen on the SNS Network, and that's the bottom line, the Gold Gold Central. The world is listening. Gee, I hope nobody is taping this. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, the SNS Radio Network is proud to bring to you the open book. Do you see that? Do you see that coming? Yes! 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 We're your source for all video game entertainment and wrestling news. I know how to push your buttons too. I see everything you're going to do from a mile away. With your host, the voices of the voiceless, sensational sequel, Sean. Damn, that's a cold-ass honky. And the British one, Ashley. What's the matter, Danny? You've never taken a shortcut before. So sit down. What? Shut up. What? And listen, because story time is about to begin. Tell me he didn't just say that. Your name end with in? Time to get out! I have the ball to let Barishnikov dance, player! Put on 
somebody say real power? Die, you want to mess with me? I spit hard boys when I'm crushing these beats Blow it up like a Cuba while I'm falling in Cuba Doing judo moves and schooling every communist suka I'm a president, my prime, my enemy don't distract me The last man who attacked me left a half-life to come back up at me You know what you're doing when you try to bust around against a mind like Pwit You find that the XKGB is the best MC in the FCCCP guys let's try this one more time i am of course the sensational sequel sensational spoiler one of the voices of the voiceless right here on the SNS radio network i am of course sensational sean and what you guys just heard and i've already closed out unfortunately um oh no i didn't is was the rasputin versus stalin the last episode of the epic rap battles for this year for the season excuse me um, it was Rasputin versus Stalin versus Lenin versus Gorbachev versus Putin in a very massive uh, five-way rap battle. It was very good. It's one of my favorites so far this uh, so far this year, other than Mozart versus Skrillex, which was really good because of the beat alone. Um, one thing I do want to throw in: season three has been confirmed to come, and we have already been told that Hitler versus Vader three will be happening, uh, which is pretty awesome. It's supposed to be happening uh, later on this year, fall of 2013. So should be very interesting to see when that comes out. Uh, of course, I am not alone. I do have the other voice of the voiceless here, hopefully with me. Um, he is the British one himself. He is Ashley. What's up, man? Those are done, your comrade. <laughs> there you go. So, I mean, of course he's here with me. Um it's funny because we had a conversation during uh, <clears throat> during um, the pre-show meeting about this, so it's pretty funny. Uh, so yeah, I was. What do you think? I mean, we've played we've played a lot of these since um, since doing the Open Book Live. We played almost every single one of them. Mm-hmm. And so far, what is your what has been your favorite one? Oh, <clears throat> I think. From this season, probably the Bill Gates, Steve Jobs one, just because of the beat. Okay. It's the only one of the epic rap battles that I've basically gone on YouTube to just find the backing track. <laughs> well, well, for it's me, kind I've of guys... like now I'm just obsessed about Darth Punk's Get Lucky and finding like 59 billion different versions of it mixed and everything. <laughs> Just trying to f- get a glimpse at what the full six-minute album version is going to be like in uh, ten days' time. Even though we we'll probably won't be getting the album until tw- like seventeen days' time, because that'll be when my birthday is. So. 
No, there you go. 16. I... Six, are you done? <laughs> I uh, I was a fan of the Mozart versus Skrillex because uh, the beat alone to that one was really good. I actually went and found the uh, the guy who created the beat and listened to some more of his stuff. He was really good. I was very surprised by some of the stuff. But uh, that's been my... I didn't really care for the rap itself. Just the beat alone. I mean, for the rap itself, uh, Gandhi versus Martin Luther King was one of my favorites because it's actually really funny. The way they actually did the entire thing, the way they ended it was really good. So I, uh, I'll have to say that's my favorite, favorite rap itself. Um, so today's been a very interesting day. I will say I want to bring up the whole Dolph Ziggler thing. Um, because that was posted right before we actually came on the air the first time. Um, which, uh, let me bring the story up right quick. Uh, I didn't even know about the story. I didn't know anything about it until I saw it posted by a, uh, a joke group. It was, and they basically, it was basically because they posted because they saw he, what happened. They wanted to post out there what had actually happened. Um, basically Dolph Ziggler had been diagnosed with retrograde amnesia. And basically what that means is he can't remember anything from the point he got injured. It's pretty, is, am I correct on that? I think I'm correct on that. I think much. something like that. If we go too far <laughs> into it, we'll be replicating the platform of Mento, so I'm starting to get worried. <laughs> so, I mean, it sucks because... When he got injured, uh, I mean, there was there was a lot of theories that got thrown out there. Um, I think Mac Daddy said might have got he there was a possibility of him getting a concussion on Raw and then not tell anybody, which is a complete possibility because no one wants to say, "Hey, we don't." Uh, I have a, I have a concussion. I can't do the match at Extreme Rules. Which hopefully he'll be able to do the match, but there's a massive possibility that they, he won't be able to do it. Uh, Tennessee Cowgirl TCG in chat basically says retrograde amnesia loss of access to events that occurred or information that was learned before an injury on the onset of the of the disease. So yeah, I mean that's that's a pretty crazy um, thing. So I mean the fact that he got he got this, they've got to go back and figure out why why what happened, what did he do, where it came from, and that ladder shot on Raw. I mean, let's talk about that for a second. That ladder shot on Raw was sick. Yeah. From Jack Swagger. Well, that, might, that might have been one effect. I think that was what it was. And I think that Jack Swagger, Jack Swagger alone, I think, should have been told, hey, no. He may have said, yeah, he's good with that, but no. Um, I, I, I really hope that we won't see uh, – this won't be him losing the title pretty much. I, I really want to see him continue on and get and keep that belt and go on and do great things. Um, but I don't know. That – I don't know. What, what do you think? I mean, what do you think of everything that's gone on here? Oh, it's, it's annoying because <laughs> I want him to do like really well and – just as he does, like it seems to be with everybody, they get injured at the wrong time, which is just, oh, just not happy, but. Yeah. 
Hopefully, hopefully he'll be back. And you never know, they might angle him more into possibly the WWE title picture. Because I'm hearing loads of people going on the internet, going, uh, after Ryback, who's next? Well, quoting Goldberg, ironically, who's next? Because <laughs> I... if you look at it, you're going to have to bring up... The only person I can see personally at the minute is Cesaro. Yeah. I, I do think. Um, let me come back to... Let me come back to the whole Ziggler thing. Um, let me, let's talk Extreme Rules for a second. If he is taken out of the match, if he is basically like, hey, you can't do the match, you're out. What do they do? Do they go, hey, Langston, we want you to go in there and we want you to do the match for him. Um, or do they say, hey, you're out. Uh, this is going to be a one-on-one. What they could do is take him out, put two other people in who have been around trying to get their shots and basically have a fatal four-way ladder match for the number one contendership. And then they could have some kind of controversy to end it where it basically comes down to um, Ziggler as... Swagger and Alberto Del Rio basically like we we both had our hands on it. Who's the winner? I mean, I don't think he's gonna win the match. I there's something's got to happen here because I don't know. Something something's going to happen. I don't I don't think they're gonna strap uh, strip of the title. I think we're gonna see possibility of something. As in Biggie Langston going in, or uh, possibly seeing a uh, um, some kind of stuff out, or wait, what? Well, I think the reason why it was made a ladder match is because all three sharing one thing in common, and they've all won money in the bank. Yeah, that was the whole point of that. Yeah. So basically, it'd have to be Rob Van Dam, Mister Kennedy. <laughs> well, hold on, hold on, hold on. Going backwards a little bit, the first name you said, after what Heyman, Heyman posted on Heyman Hustle, we don't know what's going to happen. Well, who's coming back? Uh, I mean... That's Ultimate Warrior, it's obvious. I should smack you for that statement. I really should. Him and Brock Lesnar have quite a lot in common. You can't understand what either of them say. No, that could be the same said for Ryback, but I mean... No, you, you can understand it when he says Ryback rules. So he's already uh, he's already like fifteen million percent up on the other guys. I can understand Brock. I don't know why everybody else can't. But anyway, um, there's a lot of possibilities. I mean, we'll we'll definitely speak of this next week when we come to Extreme Rules conversation um, because something something's definitely going to be said about this. Uh, let us get into something else there. Um, I didn't post this on the Facebook page. What I did say, you know what? Um, ah, da, 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 da. He doesn't even know. <laughs> I, I blinked. I was looking at the chat. I was looking at the chat. The chat did it to me. Um, 
let's go back to what me and Ashley talked about in the pre-show meeting. Uh, I actually told Ashley to go through, because it is Extreme Rules coming up, I told him to go through and figure out his five favorite types of gimmick matches. And uh-huh. I've done the same thing. Um, the only reason why I have asked him to do this is because, of course, Extreme Rules is coming up. And at the same time, I've been watching a bunch of Jun Kasai and Masada matches. Um, and I'm going to bring up one right quick before we do uh, go into anything, actually. I'm watching the WrestleCon match right now. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you've seen this <laughs> match. Not yet, but I've heard it's, um, yeah. Um, it's a uh, gusset plate, cause it, uh, wow, gusset plate glass barbed wire death match. Um, this is a very crazy match because uh, Masada does a running power bomb or attempts to uh, into the gusset plates uh, with with Jun Kasai ends up dropping Kasai pretty much back of his head catching the plates and Kasai jumps up no sells it. And as he goes to attack, um, Masadic ends up getting uh, toehold over, ends up face first going into the, the gusset plates and blood. You can just see the blood start pouring out of his face. I mean, I, I'm sure it was just above his eye. It was very bad. And as soon as that happened, I mean, later on, I'm like three quarters of the way through the match. And you can just see the blood still coming out of his face. It is a very bloody match. And there's the skewers. Oh, oh. This just match alone is... It's been a long time since I've seen a match this bloody. But it is a good match. It is a very good, hardcore match. So, I'm, I'm very interested in how this match is going to end. Um, so, you know what? I'm going to try to figure out my other other matches right quick while you go through your matches. So I, I, I'm, I'm looking forward to yours. So let's hear oh, Mine are relatively simple. Except okay. for the, uh, the first one. First one is the exploding ring match from Japan. <laughs> just because the whole concept. Okay. Mainly just because... Mainly just because the... Uh, the person basically uh, the the announcer goes five, four, three, two, one, and then this is ma- I'm guessing it's a mock explosion. It's not actually anything that's significant, but it's just even for the whole sp- thing of it, it's just completely uh, crazy. It's oh, it's just the whole. I mean, if you look at the Funk Foley match. It's not really an expl- when I say, when I when it says exploding ring, I expect the whole thing to obliterate and like people within the first ten rows have got shrapnel in their face. I, um, otherwise, it's not really an exploding ring. You're right. I, I've seen a few of those, and um, I've seen a lot of the Hayabusa uh, exploding cage, exploding barbed wire cage matches. Um, which were pretty crazy alone, but uh, yeah, the whole uh, exploding rematches were very uh, exaggerated. I guess it was uh, it was fireworks set off, pretty much like mortars and stuff like that were set off. And um, I'm guessing if you were close to the ropes, it did hurt. 
I, I do remember a match that I saw where a wrestler was actually tied up in the ropes. The ref and the other wrestler jumped into the um, to the middle of the ring, and the guy ended up having burn marks on his back because of that entire thing. So, I mean, I guess there's a little bit of dangerousness to the whole thing. So, but it is very exaggerated. Uh, Anthony and chat just were on my number one, but uh... I, I kind of guessed it. <laughs> Number four is the ladder match, just because it's it kind of does what exactly it says on the tin. I mean, you've seen plenty of variants in it. Money in the Bank, uh, the Feast or Fire thing in TNA. King of the Mountain. Well, yeah, King of the Mountain, not so much, because I just find that a weird concept. I you've like it. You've got to put the title up there. To get it back down. I mean, it's it's an interesting concept. So I mean, I like it. No, the best ladder match that I've probably seen is uh, Steen versus El Generico from PWG. So much so that when El Generico got the belt down, he pulled the roof down, <laughs> and actually led to Steen saying, "You know what? I knew we'd tear the fucking roof off this place." The crowd was like, "Yeah, pretty much." Uh, number three is basically, I guess he, I guess you could call it the the uh, EV 2.0 of ladder matches, and that's TLC. As in, it's the next generation, not that it's crap. Because the, the, that first TLC match at SummerSlam 2000 is going to be iconic. I'm considering that separate to a general ladder match because you... Okay, they call it Full Metal Mayhem in TNA, but we know it's TLC pretty much. Although with Full Metal Mayhem it's kind of hardcore, but all they really use is tables, ladders and chairs anyway. But I'm trying to think down the line. Even some good singles ones, like Cena and Edge from Unforgiven 06 was a pretty good match, mm-hmm. even if Cena did look pissed on the ladder. Yeah, I don't really know that. why. Well, I'm guessing it's because it uh, the table fell and it messed up the ending of the match. Uh, by the way... Saying, yeah, somebody's saying in the chat, no money in the bank matches mentioned. Well, we're match. not talking about matches, we're talking about the actual gimmick. gimmick. Yeah. Um, I've got an honorary mention at the end. (laughs) Hold on, hold on, hold on. Since we didn't get one last week, we get one this week. From L Train on Twitter. Now that they've blown into the cartridge, catch open book with Cessation Sean and Ash is my name at the SNS Radio Network. There you go. Now I want to know what NES game we are. (sighs) Keep going. Spy versus Spy. Um, Number two is the Royal Rumble. I don't think I really need to explain much about it because it is it is a gimmick. It's a battle royal of sorts, but it's just sometimes you get a battle royals when everybody starts in the ring, which is a bit too much of like a, a screws up your head. Whereas the way they introduce it, you've obviously got the speculation of, oh, who's it going to be? Who's going to be the, who's going to be number 22 or whatever? Who's going to be number 30? 
who's going to uh, take somebody out and take the take the person. And number one has to be the Hell in a Cell match because arguably there hasn't been a week one. Okay, there's been some that aren't so memorable, but if you watch them again, they actually have been all pretty much good matches. You know, uh, think back to, even though it wasn't brilliant in style, it kind of had the comedic value. The DX versus the McMahons and Big Show one was a bit different. The, um, oh, the one that DX and Legacy had in O. Nine was it? Yeah, it must have been 09. That was actually a pretty good... And it's interesting that they haven't done a tag team hand on themselves since. But I'd like to see something like that. But the one I always remember, because it was one that I saw pretty much live back uh, when it was on in 2000, was the six-man hell on the cell. That's some damn good stuff. Anthony does make a good point, though. Probably the uh, Undertaker Big Boss Man is a bit of an exception. It wasn't a bad match. It's just what happened after the match was over that really uh, taints that one. Well, it was to push the storyline, pretty much. That was the entire entire thing of that. So, And the honorable mention is uh, Chuck Taylor's grenade in any sort of match that he's in. What? You see, you don't know. Search Chuck Taylor Grenade on YouTube and you'll see. This is the ultimate... Do it in the break. Do it in the break, because if you get the right video, it's only about a minute and a half, two minutes. So. Chuck Taylor kills Soldier Ant with a grenade. Yeah. Okay, I'll have to take a look. Um, I agree, that was some good matches there. Um, my my five. It, well, wait, wait. Your honorable mention was the grenade thing, right? Yeah. Okay, just want to make sure. Um, my five and my phone just keeps going off. What the heck? Uh, let me check this right quick. Uh, okay. Don't really want to know. Um, my five. Number five is Hell in a Cell. I, I will claim it. Number five is Hell in a Cell. I'm not a big fan of the Hell in a Cell matches unless they're multi-man matches. That's my major problem with most of them is that they're great matches. I mean, we've had some amazing Hell in a Cell matches from the, the first one, Shawn Michaels and uh, Undertaker, to Undertaker McFoley, to the eight-man Armageddon Hell in a Cell match. Six. Was it six? Yes. Angle, Austin, Triple H, Rock, Undertaker, and Rikishi. Yeah, that's right. Six. Where did I get eight from? Unless you count Vince McMahon coming out with a truck with the clearly disguised mat with load of... Straw. Rabbit rabbit, uh, hay and whatever. Hey, it was there. Um, Wood shavings, that's the one. The six man, to I mean even the the legacy versus the X, big man's big show versus the X. I mean there's always been there's been really good ones and then there's been like eh 
So, I mean, it's just one of those things. I, I've enjoyed them, but I haven't really cared about them. Uh, number four is the Royal Rumble matches because I love multi-man matches. Uh, there is always the possibility of something going crazy, something really interesting happens. Um, I mean, heck, we had a 100-man match in uh, Japan, which was very interesting, by the way. If you have not seen that match, it's the New Year's match. It's a 100-man Royal Rumble match. It's very interesting. So now I'm just looking at this list, and I'm wondering whether your number one's going to be the exploding ring, because it's exactly no. the opposite of mine so far. <laughs> no, it's not. Um, actually, my number three is the last man standing matches. We've always had good last man standing matches. We've had some very crazy last man standing matches. Um, we've had a lot of really just out of the blue. It's it's very. I can't name a thing off the top of my head, unfortunately, but I remember a lot of them just by what happens in them. Stuff like that, and I may have to go back. And I wish my computer worked correctly. Uh, last, last chance. Don't care about that one. Um, unfortunately, it seems they've changed the uh, the Wikipedia page because the Wikipedia page used to have a lot of them on there. It looks like they've changed a lot of the stuff off there. So that sucks. Wish that we could get that change back to the way it used to be. Um. Uh, number two is the ladder match and all the variations that go along with that. Um, because ladder matches have always been a a staple in any feud. If they have at some point even thought about using weapons, it's always been available in the ladder match. They've always gone through the ladder match to show, hey, the feud is one of those things. We've seen a lot of great ladder matches. I mean, going back to the most memorable one, which is the WrestleMania 10, uh, Razor Ramon versus Shawn Michaels, or even the sequel at SummerSlam, we saw backflips off the ladder for the first time in any real match. I mean, so it's been one of those where we've seen a lot, we've seen ladders involved in a lot of the greatest feuds out there. And I mean, you you mentioned Cena versus Edge in the uh, TLC match, pretty much. It was a great match. The ending kind of soured, but I mean, they did a great job. We've seen ladder matches in TNA that have been really good. I've seen ladder matches in CZW that have been really good. Ring of Honor are really good. Ladder matches, no matter what, unless they don't really use the ladder, use the weapons, have always been really good. Which brings me to my number one match. Ashley didn't mention it at all, because he chose something completely different. My number one is the cage matches. Now, I'm talking about all the cage matches, pretty much, that go back to the original style. The chicken wire. I have seen some chicken wire cage matches. I can claim that. You want to you want to think I've seen basically cage matches where the chicken wire is four to five deep, pretty much, because they were afraid it might break. It hurts. I, I've see, I've talked to a lot of people that have been involved in chicken wire cage matches. It really hurts. And then we come to the bars, and then we go to the uh, the the mesh now 
And I mean, we've got, and I, I do want to, my honorable mention is the cage of death. Cause that's its own, own pretty much in what it is. Cause the cage that's of a hardcore steel cage. It pretty much is. It's one of, it is one of my favorite, uh, out, out there matches. Um, but the cage matches alone have always been the end all to be all to a lot of feuds. Um, and I miss that. I miss the fact that the end all to a feud was the cage match because that was where the bloodletting happened. That's where all everything happened. Dusty Rhodes, uh, Magnum TA versus Tully Blanchard, as Anthony Farley puts in chat. I mean, seriously, just. I think that was, that was an I quit match. I think that was it. The uh, Magnum TA versus Tully Blanchard. No, it was Magnum TA versus somebody, and it was an I quit cage match. And it was a very, it was a very bloody match on its own. Um, and I, I remember where the matches used to be. Uh, the steel cages only used to be like maybe five feet, not even that high off of the uh, off the mat. But I mean, still, you saw a lot of things happen. And the match had to end in the ring. It could not, it could not end by by escape because they were only like five feet. Not like today oh, where it's, huh? It was totally. It was totally okay. Yeah. I mean, it was. Um, nowadays, you have what 10, 15 feet. So I mean, back in the day, it used to be where you would hit a top and it would cause blood. I mean, you would hit that top and you would pretty much bleed no matter what. So the cage match is, of course, my number one, and then my honorable mention is the cage of death because we've always I've seen a lot of good cage of deaths. I have seen a lot of really good cage of deaths, and I look forward to uh, what CZW does later on. I mean, we just had the CZW Ring of Honor uh, cage of death uh, two, three years ago. We've had the uh, the uh, New Jack cage of death, pretty much is what I'm going to call it, because I can't remember which one it was, but it was a a uh, caged entranceway. And they actually walked over the rings to get to the cage of death. They had to go down into it, but on the outside of the, of the cage of death was another ring filled with thumbtacks. And uh, there were some really good spots that went into that thumbtack, but the only way to get uh, eliminated from the match was get would basically be outside, get thrown outside. And uh-huh. that was the same year, I believe, that Jack Evans took one of the hardest spills from the outside, I mean, he um, he did a flip, completely missed his um, his target. Uh, I don't know if you've seen that match, actually, uh, but that no, alone, so. yeah, that alone was one of the hardest, uh, one of the hardest ones. I, I they always try and mix up the cage of death every year, so it isn't exactly the same. I, I hope, I really hope for another version of the. Uh, of that one. I, I really like that. Um, you know what? I do have a second, second honorable mention and I apologize. Uh, barbed wire matches. Basically the barbed wire ropes, the barbed wire massacres, any of those. I like those because it's barbed wire. We don't see the real barbed wire. Unfortunately, like they, they used, they use sometimes in, uh, Japan, the uh, Constantine wire, as it's called, 
But um, there's always there's been okay board bar matches, and there have been those that have just made you be like, "Oh my god!" So I mean, it's just one of those. I hope to. Uh, I hope we have good ones later on. Do you have another one you want to throw in, Ashley? Am I still here? I hope I'm still here. Can everybody hear me okay? Wave at me. I'm, I'm guessing I'm good. Um, it was like I may have lost my coast, unfortunately. So uh, at least it's not me this time. That makes me happy. Um, so, I mean, the match that I did look at... Uh, thank you, by, by the way, Brass Life, for letting me know that. The match from WrestleCon is... a pretty hardcore match. I'm looking at it now again. And I mean, one of the, uh, one of the other matches from this entire feud is one that I had to ask about in the Facebook group. Uh, where was it? It was a freedoms. No, I can't. I got. I got to find this match because it's a very crazy match. Because I've never seen one like it. Um, I posted a a video. There it is. Uh, it was Freedoms 827, uh, 2012. Masada versus Junkasai. No mat. Glass planes. Glass panes and gusset plate death match. Um, I thought this was a really crazy match because Masada actually picked up the picked up uh, pieces of the mat itself. Or the uh, the boards underneath the mat, excuse me. Uh, moved them out of the way. Put a glass paint plain, uh, plain, pane, glass pane over the hole, and then power bombed Junkasai through it. It's crazy. It is absolutely crazy. Um, QCZW Jim. Pretty much. I mean, I'd love to see that in CZW. Um, I think there's another honorable mention as well. Uh, any single match variant that's included in any WWF or WWE game. <laughs> no, I don't think you can use that essay. I don't think hey, you can use that one. The, the buried alive matches in the game were actually fun. Mainly because they didn't involve stupid gimmicks where other people helped out. It was just because if you look at every single buried alive match, it's always been oh somebody has assisted them. I'm sure there's been one or two that hasn't been that way. Whereas basically all it was certainly in SmackDown versus War was a uh, pretty much uh, a casket match. Because as soon as you put them in the casket, then the the dirt got put over them, kind of thing. Um, still trying to think of some of the other. I, I know, I know, it wouldn't happen in real life, but I, I would like to see some. I think we may have lost. Actually, like wrestled up. Say again. I'm sorry. Like a slobber knocker and like. Due to the roster being so small, they'd have to wrestle like two or three times. They just take it in turns. Yeah, I mean, I've seen a few of those, and it, it's it's pretty crazy. 
Um, Mac asked ask a good question in chat. I'm going to go take a look because I think there's been a few more than just four. I mean, this is actually a great topic. I mean, people are really talking about this. Um, five, Mac. There have been five. And all of them involved the Undertaker. <laughs> That's kind of funny, actually. Um, let's see. In Your House 11, Survivor Series 2003, and Bragging Rights 2010 all have been made available. Uh, Bulldozer was there with them. So there's three. Um, the other two aren't there, unfortunately. I can't see what they are. Um, this is a really good topic because it's really gotten the chat talking about it and talking about their types of favorite matches and all that. I mean, this is really good. And I, in the third segment, I'd love to hear you guys talk, tell, call in and tell us or send us an email, openbook at snsradionetwork.com. What's your favorite um, gimmick matches are? I mean, I'd love to hear from you guys and see what you guys enjoy, see what kind of matches you enjoy. I've always been known as the hardcore person. I love hardcore matches. And it's just one of those things. If there's no blood, I'm not real that into it. But, I mean, that's how I've been for a while. I mean, it's always been because of ECW, unfortunately. Um, so, I mean, I'd love to hear from you guys to see what you guys uh, actually like. What you, um, Kane, Kane versus Taker at Cyber Sunday is not, not true, because they never did one at Cyber Sunday, um, so bad, bad, bad. Uh, that was one at Survivor Series, so that was the uh, that was McMahon versus uh, Undertaker. That was where Kane buried him for the first time, and that was when he came back at WrestleMania 20. So. There's your fifth one. So, yeah. Uh, well, no, I take that back. Uh, it's Stellar Survivor Series 2003. I apologize. Uh, In Your House 11, Survivor Series 2003, Bragging Rights 2010. We had SmackDown. Actually, can you think of the fifth one? Actually, has gone again. Okay. <laughs> uh, if anybody knows the fifth one, Please let us. <laughs> please let us know. Let's see. Mankind versus Taker. Taker versus Austin. Taker versus Taker. Big Show versus Rock Mankind. Taker versus Man. Taker versus Kane. Okay. Yeah, Taker versus Kane did happen. I remember that because um because Paul Bearer helped him. Paul Bearer helped Kane. So yeah, I remember that. That was also when um. The Taker Kane also involved some guy in a hood, the Executioner, I think. I, I don't know. Was that him? I don't know. That's pretty crazy. It's been a long time since I've had to think about these matches before, so that's pretty funny. Um, I feel like I'm rambling now, so the Nexus helped Kane. Okay, so there you go. Uh, Basically, a lot of things. Uh, the casket matches, I like the casket slash coffin matches. They've been always really good. Um, stretcher matches have been really good also, no matter what. Yeah, Taker versus Mankind was the uh, the Executioner. So, I mean, yeah, that was the first, uh, that was the first Buried Alive match. So, I mean, that was always a really good one. Um, I'm checking the list right quick to see if there's any that I really want to talk about. 
uh, tables matches. There's always been some really good ones. Uh, strap match we will see at uh, strap match we will see at Extreme Rules, which I can't wait because after the pictures I saw of Sheamus, I cannot wait to see what happens with that match. Um, fans bring your fans bring the weapons. It's not on this list, but it's a good match because the fans always bring really crazy weapons. Uh, Iron Man matches I like only to a certain point. Um, the reason why I say that is because Iron Man matches can get kind of boring if they're just single one-on-one matches with nothing is basically going on. If they're if it's a hardcore rules style Iron Man match, I can go with it. Because you can see a lot of different styles. I would love to see a Falls Count Anywhere uh, Iron Man match. 60 minutes, 30 minutes, whatever, I don't care. I'd love to see that. Because then we could see a lot of different things. Uh, we could see them end up outside. We could see them in the crowd. We could see anything pretty much. And I look forward to the, one of those. Um, I do remember Texas Tornado Rules. Which was a uh, Nasty Boys versus... Uh, Legion of Doom, I believe, um, back in the old D- WCW days. Uh, it was Texas Tornado Rules. They ended up in the popcorn stands. Uh, and I think one of the Nasty Boys ended up using popcorn as a weapon, which is pretty funny. But the pinfall actually occurred at the popcorn stand, if I remember correctly. I could be wrong. I do apologize if I am, am wrong. Um, but... I do remember that match. It was a really good match. And I kind of miss those type of matches because they used to be really good. So, um, yeah, there's a lot of different matches on here. I There's not that many that I really want to talk about because, in all honesty, a lot of these I have not seen or I haven't seen in years. Uh, Tornado Tag Team. Uh, apparently, the first type of Tornado Tag Team was held... October 2nd, 1937, Houston between Milo Steinborn and his partner Whisker Savage facing off against Tyler Dalla and Tiger Dalla and Fazul Mahomet. So there you go. I have a... That's pretty interesting. I never knew that. So it's really cool to see all this. Uh, So you know what? I'm going to go ahead and throw it a break. We're going to see if we can get Ashley back on the line in some fashion. Um... We'll be right back. American American in the house, baby. Zeb, roll another blunt. Ah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. WWE in the house, baby. Oh. Oh. Yeah. I was gonna get a push, but then I got high. I was gonna headline WrestleMania, but then I got high. 
Now I've got one strike against me, and I know why. Why, man? Yeah, hey, cause I got high. Because I got high. Because I got high. I was gonna fight Del Rio, but then I got high. I was gonna start a real good feud, but then I got high. Now I'm jobbing to Santino, and I know why. Hey, hey, cause I got high. Because I got high, because I got high. Seb and I were talking shit until I got high. We were gonna blame the Mexicans, but then I got high. Now Vince McMahon is pissed off, and I know why. Hey, hey, cause I got high. Because I got high, because I got high. I was gonna cure my lisp until I got high. I was gonna speak like everyone else until I got high. Now I still sound like a douchebag, and I know why. Yeah, cause I got high, because I got high, because I got high. I renamed my ankle lock until I got high. I was gonna be bigger than rock, but then I got high. Now I'm losing to Zack Ryder, and I know why. Because I got high, because I got high, because I got high. I had a great future until I got high. I was gonna be the world champion, but then I got high. Oh, now I'm calling Dixie Carter, and I know why. Because I got high, because I got high, because I got high. I'm heading to TNA, man. Where I can smoke all the pot I want. The All American American is out. Hey, wrestling fans, do you want to break from the day-to-day ins and outs of the WWE, TNA, and Ring of Honor? Do you like talk radio that pulls no punches? And do you like your sci-fi and fantasy? Well, tune in to the Elite Force Podcast each and every midweek with Chuck W. And each weekend with William Walkie Walker and Mind Wipe. Exclusively on the SNS Radio Network and the Chris Jones Gaming Network. Yeah. This is going to be fun. And now back to the open book on the SNS Radio Network.
welcome back, guys. This is the Open Book with myself, Sensational Sequel, Sensational Sean, and I, of course, am joined with my by my co-host, who apparently is back. For how long we do not know, but he is the British one himself, the second voice of the voiceless here on the SNS Radio Network. The at uh, the British one, actually. Um, are you back with us? I guess not. He appears to not be here with us once again. Uh, unfortunately, that seems to be uh, not. Uh... <laughs> oh man, Ashley, Ashley, Ashley! I don't know what's going on with Ashley tonight. Uh, it seems I may be in the search for a new co-host. Uh, God, that was. Uh, before we, before I jump into anything. Um, Ashley had a majority of the stories. I was actually going to let him have the entire segment, pretty much. Uh, unfortunately, he dropped again. So hopefully, he comes back. <laughs> oh God, Ashley, we got we got to help you out here, buddy. If- I I don't mean to interject here because I have officially retired from live radio. But isn't it wonderful when you have one of those nights where everything, and I do mean everything, goes wrong. Well, I mean, the only bad thing here would be if I, you know, drop. If you drop at the same time, yeah, that's going to be a problem. Yeah, well, um, yeah, because I'm, I'm not doing a show. We'd probably place the show on a pause for a second. Um, we'd have to. <laughs> yeah, we would. Uh, right quick, I do want to say that I just watched the Chuck Taylor. Um, Chuck Taylor. I don't know what his okay. okay. Apparently he's back, Ashley. Hey, I probably, I probably won't be up. I'll be gone in 30 seconds. Um, <laughs> I just watched Chuck Taylor kill Soldier Ant with a grenade, uh, which is pretty funny. I actually will say I enjoyed that. So, yeah, Ashley, you're here for a minute, so I'm going to hold hold on to you for a second. I do want to throw a, throw a story quickly to... um. A post I saw earlier today, and then Jim just posted it in the Facebook page, but apparently a female fan was so hardcore about Zelda that she actually got the shield and the swords tattooed right above, well, actually not really above, but kind of like right on top of her crotch. So, yeah, um, it gives a whole new meaning to the shield's wet. So, yeah, I'm, I, I said it. I'm going to leave it with that right there. I'm going to leave that right there. Um, so, yeah, I, I will say that it's a very interesting picture. I am sure that a friend of mine who absolutely loves Zelda has not, has not seen that picture yet. It's probably going to flip when he sees the picture. Because when you, when you said that, I got... Nasty flashbacks. Of? Um, Tennessee Cowgirl. And her fondness for Dean Ambrose. Oh, okay. Hey, TCG. Sorry about the weather. Um, so while you're still here, this is the second segment. We're going to, uh, I'm going to go ahead and give you the... Go and give you the ability to do your stories because I know you have a lot of stories. 
Um, you pretty much have almost all the stories except for a few things. Um, I am going to hold the E3 stuff hostage that way so that you can't um, you can't take that away from me. So go ahead with what you got. Uh, let's start with a couple of short ones in fact that the Hitman Sniper Challenge is now available for online. Which is always good. It's the thing, wasn't it like a special game for pre-orders, wasn't it, Sean? There's a special pre-order bonus where you actually got to score points to actually um, do a sniper challenge. Um, there was a lot of different challenges in the game itself, so I mean, it was really a lot of fun. That's available for free online in your browser. So you don't even have to have the game in order to play it, which is kind of a nice, like, free demo as well. For the game of sorts. So, good de- well done to Core Online for that. Uh, the uh, announcement coming that JR will apparently be doing commentary for WWE, WWE 2K14. In some shape or form, which probably, from what, from what it sounds like, it's going to be a limited thing again, so he's not going to be doing the full commentary, so it's more likely to be whatever the story mode is this year. Which could be... You see, you can't really go, at, you can't really go Golden Age, because Jim Ross wasn't around then. Actually, he was. Um, Rus- Excuse me. Uh, the first WrestleMania he did was the one at Caesar's Palace, uh, which was, I believe was WrestleMania 9. Um... So, um, <laughs> you could have asked me on air. I would, I would have been fine with that. Um, but we'll hold it like this. So he he was there pretty much early on, nineteen uh, eighties to nineteen uh, about ninety six was pretty much the era of the golden age. The nineteen uh-huh. eighties more so was claimed as. Um, that. So yeah. yeah. Um. Then, uh, interesting one as well. This past Wednesday, they did a big reveal for some Gran Turismo event, which is going to be happening at Silverstone Race Circuit over here. Uh, this coming Wednesday, actually talking about the, and this seems crazy, but the 15th anniversary of the Gran Turismo series. Which probably means that the very first games actually came out in consecutive years. So probably 98, 99, 2000. Uh, But then they also teased about uh, about the future. Keep going, Ashley. Yeah, yeah, no, no, no. It's, it's just I was, I'm, I'm just, I'm, I'm looking at my computer trying to make sure that I don't get dropped again. I think we're okay now. We got over that. I might, I might be here for the long term. Uh, but yeah, the speculation has been for a couple of months that it's probably going to be Gran Turismo Six because if you look at the trailer, it says one, two, three, four, five, and then it's got you know the, the cursor space, underneath where a number would be. So they're just going to swerve everybody and put a seven. 
and they're going to classify the PSP one as an actual proper Gran Turismo game. Just a, just a, what could that be it? Grand Theft Auto Vita? No, Gra- Gran Turismo. I get them confused fucking GG and GTA. Bollocks. Um, next up, the teaser trailer. Yet another one from Bethesda turned up, which the, the working title was like 1960. And everyone was going, okay, is this some sort of weird fallout thing? Possibly. Then they also teased that they're only going to be publishing it, they are actually making it, so that automatically threw out fallout. And then it finally got revealed, and Wolfenstein has been re-remade. I guess is that is that what you could call it, Sean? Because it's the it's, it's a it's a reimagining of the remake of the original. It's basically a recreation, a recreation as 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 it goes. Um, I uh, the trailer trailer looks good. Uh, the stuff they've shown, and if what they're saying, what basically they're going is basically Wolfenstein has the Nazis have pretty much won the war. In the way it looks, um, the Nazis have won the war. They've created mech, walkers, all of that. And then basically it's home front meets armored core meets the Nazis. Hopefully not meets Steel Battalion meets Connect. Ah, <laughs> uh, no. <laughs> that would be bad. I'm sorry, I just found a trailer. I gotta watch this right quick. He's he's gonna see Jimi Hendrix. Okay, uh, but yeah, that actually looked the trailer actually looked pretty good. Well, no, I just found somebody sent me a tra- the trailer for Command and Conquer. I'm a huge okay. Command and Conquer fan, but this new crap they're trying to push on everybody. No, I'm not happy about that. But I kind of want to see what they got because my buddy said. I need to watch it. So. Oh, this story that I actually forgot to mention in the the pre-show, but I'll just do it because it's really just a quick mention. Uh, Rome Total War 2 finally got a release date this (laughs) uh, week of September 3rd. There's also going to be a special edition of it, which comes with a real-life working trebuchet. Only sad thing is it's not about 50-foot long. It's not a scale one, it's a model. Well, something really cool to go along with that. Um, it's interesting that I haven't been kicked off yet, but I have Steam up still. And Steam okay. has Total uh, Total War Rome 2. Uh, if you pre-purchase now, you actually get the Greek States Culture Pack, which basically gives you the ability to use the three new playable factions for um, Total Rome 2. You get the Diplomatic Athens, you get shrewd epirs, and you get the formidable Spartans. So you basically get all new special tactics, culture and martial victories, lethal units, basically a lot of different style uh, units. So it's pretty cool. I can't basically, I they're giving that. you the Alexander Adon from day one. <laughs> of sorts. Kind of, yeah. Speaking of Sega, though, They've announced that, amazingly, their Aliens Colonial Marines game has made a profit. 
after 1.3 million units sold. Tell that, of course, to TimeGate Studios, which only shut its doors last week. But then again, they also had the issue of losing the Sector 8 license to... Um, I think, it was some, I think they called it like Deep Core or something like that. I can't remember, but that that kind of didn't help them, definitely. Sony's also uh, teased some sort of Vita game, which could be revealed soon. Possibly A3, but then again, they could completely swerve it and not eat it, not do it there. All they've kind of said about it is you'll be playing it for hours. There's nothing stone wall on it, so I wouldn't say that I wouldn't say that's a stone wall like E3 game. It's just speculation, kind of like how uh, Nintendo. Oh, that's a that's another thing. Nintendo actually are going to have some sort of conference at E3, except it isn't. I think it's basically. Um, it's going to be a press thing where Reggie and Miyamoto are going to say something, and then it's going to be like a Q and A session session after it. Whether it will be streamed, probably not. I'm just trying to get my hopes up or something that they actually might sh- show. Because I was I was actually watching a video with uh, what's his name, Michael Pactor, the games analyst, and as he said, it's a rubbish move for the publicity wise. But business-wise, considering whatever the new Xbox and Sony PS4s are going to be announced, it's just going to get buried. So rather than get buried, they just do their own thing, which is a smart move. Uh, Another smart move, although it kind of pissed off quite a lot of fanboys, EA has done a deal with Disney, and (gasps) EA has... The hurts! It hurts the poison, the poison. Sorry. God, I can't. I. I'm just hearing your reaction, and I'm wondering if my wipe's going to do that after watching Star Trek. Just um. say I haven't seen it yet, but I've heard what might be happening, and oh, it could, it could. I'm not saying it will, but it could piss off the diehards again. I, oh well, um, I'm sorry to say like that, but oh well. I mean, it, it's one of those things. We'll get to that in the third segment. We'll hold that. I want you yeah. to keep that. I want you to keep that thought in your head for the third segment because I have something to say. Um, but as far as my reaction just now for the whole EA, this is good and bad on two different fronts. Um, Battlefront. <laughs> um, there you go. Disney will hold. Uh, EA to a very fine level. Um, I expect Disney to basically tell them, look, you either do us right with this or we basically cut the deal, you don't get any money, and you screwed yourself over. Uh, I don't know what Disney is... Right now, I'm not too happy with Disney. But I want to see what they're going to do because EA could do several things. EA could come out and say, hey, we have dice, so we're going to make Battlefront 3. 
or they can come out and say, "Hey, we uh, we have cur- we've had the license, and we've pretty much been working on Star Wars thirteen thirteen the entire time." I don't know. So, I really just want them to basically come out and say, "Hey, we've got these games. Here's what we're working on. This is what's going to happen." And I expect at E three, EA to say drop something pretty much, because. I expect EA to jump, drop something that's going to make people turn around and be like, yo, whoa, whoa, you're doing what with what and what? So I expect well, something from EA. After, after, last, after last year and how Ubisoft stole the show, publisher-wise, I'd say EA are trying to one-up Ubisoft because obviously you're going to see more from Watch Dogs. You're going to see Assassin's Creed 4. You're going to see some shitty peripheral thing like they did, like that laser tag thing from three years ago. I kind of wanted that, too. I really did want that laser tag game. I never saw it, though. It never came out. Uh, so, I don't a couple know. Of other, a couple of other EA bits of news. Uh, they've done a deal with uh, FIFA, the football people to be the official license for all FIFA branded stuff up to the year 2022. So you're going to get at least FIFA 14 up to FIFA 23. And I'm fine with that. Because FIFA is one of the best uh, among one of the best sports games out there. FIFA and Pez are right up there. They're actually, At first it was like one was better than the other at some point, but for the last two or three years... Okay, they've had different features, but they've been pretty much level. If um, you look at reviews and everything as well. Well, I mean sports games. I mean one of the best sports games. Oh, uh, sports as well, yeah. Uh, basically, to me, it comes down to FIFA. It comes down to MLB The Show. And it comes down to NBA 2K. I mean, that's pretty much how I look at it. Well, they did announce that FIFA actually will be coming out in October. Which is, a, which is actually a week later than it normally is because they normally do it at the end of... They normally release it at the end of September as it normally comes out the same week as the Eurogamer thing happens over here. So people basically get it shipped to them at midnight on the Friday and they uh, they play it to try and train up so then when they actually go to the booth to play it competitively on the days... They're just, you know, bossing it and whatever. For some reason. Uh, another announcement that they made this week is... Considering how long there normally is between sequels, it's a bit of a surprise. Sims 4 got announced. will be coming out next year. I want to say something on this. Um, what are they going to put in? I mean, unless they've been working on this since the last two expansion packs... What are they going to put in? After SimCity, First what are they going to do? do with the Oculus Rift? <sighs> well, actually, that could be interesting. Yeah, considering what we've seen from the Oculus Rift this week. Yeah, well, we, I, I, as I'll far as that Sim, in a minute, I'll let you finish your point on The Sims. As Sims 4 goes, they've included a lot of stuff in expansions, but what are they going to do, really? I mean, you can only do so much with with certain things... And then they're going to drop like 50 expansion packs like they did before. 
seriously, just give us one game, give us DLC that we can download and buy, and then be done with it. Uh, just give us the one game and give us downloadable, buy in-game stuff. I don't care. Just give us something. I'm going to buy it. I'm going to play it. But I don't really want to deal with the whole expansion pack thing. I only bought one expansion pack. I take that back. If Steam continues the way they have, which is pretty much the way, in six months after the game has dropped and most expansion packs have been out released, Steam will drop the price on like almost every single one of them to like three, four dollars for sale. I'll buy them all then and play them as they come out. I only physically they won't because uh, they're bringing out deluxe editions of The Sims for I think next month. It's coming out to it's okay, it's PC disc, but because of that, the price will still be inflated. Yeah, I only physically. In all honesty, I only physically bought one, and that was Showtime expansion pack uh, because of the fact that I got the. Ex- Somebody's having a car race outside. Um, only because of the fact it is the collector's edition, which includes the Katy Perry uh, poster. That's the only reason why I bought that. Um, but I don't care. Chat room goes silent. Chat room's been silent for a while, but oh, there'll just be dot dot dots from Anthony and Mac. Like, I don't care. Katy Perry's hot as hell. Fuck y'all. Um, but go ahead, Oculus Rift. What we got? Yeah, a couple of interesting. Well, one's a a concept which was basically, I think they made it up over a weekend as this developers thing, and it was a guillotine simulator. Obviously, yeah. people's heads didn't actually get cut off. Although there was some crazy guy that decided to like put the side of their hand right on their neck to make it feel as if it was the bastard. But uh, it was an actual 3D, and quite a lot of people flinched when the when the blade came down. Uh, it was pretty interesting. And then uh, what was the other one, Sean? I can't remember. There was another well, one. Well, I mean, we've got Half-Life 2 support for... Oh, yeah, the Half-Life 2 mod. Which... There was also somebody else that managed to uh, get a Virtual Boy emulator. Yes, that has been actually released Put it on now. as well. I'm going to get the Oculus Rift. I really am, because the Oculus Rift actually looks really good. Uh, for what they have done... Uh, everything that they've done, no matter what, uh, I'm actually bringing up some of the stuff. Uh, I mean, we've got Doom th- uh, confirmed, confirmed, planned. I mean, I'm just looking at this right quick. Gil- the guillotine thing is, isn't on here, unfortunately. Um, but let me just go through this list right quick. We have the uh, the whole thing from Notch, the OX110C. Uh, among, the sh- among the sleep Doom 3, Doom 4, Dream, Fract OSC, The Gallery, Six Elements, Hawken, Interstellar Marines, iRacing, Cairo, Minor Wars, Minecraft, Montague's Mount, Montus, Altera. Um, there's a lot. Star Citizen, WoW, uh, Strike Through Zero. Uh, there's a lot of games that have been actually announced for this. Uh, Valve is completely behind this. John Carmack is completely behind this. Uh, Marcus uh, Notch is behind this completely. Uh, they are really going 
beyond this entire thing. So I look forward to whatever they have because I'm going to buy one. Uh-huh. And I guess the big one that I'm going to finish with is an interesting one, and this is the situation at Ubisoft. Yes. Which is, well, depending how you look at it, it's either really stupid or absolutely stupid or something. But obviously uh, Patrice Desolais left Ubisoft, I think, in 2009, wasn't it? I'm actually trying to find that story right now. I apologize. Um, Because I am... Yeah, this is this is pretty much one of those big things. Uh, what was the name that you Patrice just said? Desilet. He was the okay. uh, chief on Assassin's Creed One and Two. There's another one too. Wow. Um, yeah, he actually walked out. He pretty much just walked out. Or uh, excuse me, he did not walk out. Um, he was told to pack. He was pretty much ex- escorted out. Well, yeah, and that's the thing. This is the confusing thing here. Because, yeah, he was at Ubisoft, left, started up THQ Montreal. Obviously, THQ went under. And as it turned out, the studio that he was working with was bought up by Ubisoft. And within a few months of this apparently happening... There's been a parting of the ways somehow, and he and also somebody else, uh, Jean-Francois Bolvin, yes. was also with him, has also uh, apparently been... The, both, both, according to Patrice, have been fired. Um, Ubisoft, their statement really says that basically Patrice wasn't really... Um, for them, he, he pretty trying, much. He well, it wasn't was, just for them. He wasn't really trying to. They were trying to accommodate stuff, and he was. In, I think they didn't say belligerent, but I, I think they were trying to. That's what they were trying to say because it, he was just headstrong and wanted to do what he felt it was right. Pretty much, he basically both both guys were pretty much against the company. Um, they're not going to come out and say it, but that is how it was. Um, I've seen a lot of reports come out over both of these things. And, oh, excuse me, a lot of people have been saying that both, both uh, however you say his name, Bolan, Bovin, um, and then, and then uh, Desolates have pretty much been conspiring against Ubisoft the entire time. They've been trying to. Uh, there was even rumors that they had been committing. Uh, what was the word? Um, they were trading secrets with other companies. EA, uh, Activision, Blizzard, all these other companies. They were actually giving them secrets and stuff like that. And the, they have possibly been leaking information to the press. So, I mean, there's a lot of people out there saying a lot of things. We don't know what's true. But we're was we're it, going. Was it them that leaked Assassin's Creed Four? It's a pot. Well, uh, well, remember they have contempt for the Assassin's Creed franchise now, 
that Ubisoft apparently wants to do one every year. Because they don't, I'm, I'm not sure. they don't see the game as you know a sequel where it has to have an annual one. They don't see it as a Call of Duty. I'm not sure. Um, they could have possibly done it. I mean, basically, Desolates has basically told one one thing to the press: "I'll survive." I mean, he he's acting like he doesn't even care. So, I don't know. Um, I think it's. I really think that both of them need to either pull their big boy pants up or something, because I really expe- I expect a lot of Ubisoft and. I really hope to. <laughs> I really hope to see something big out of the Assassin's Creed, out of the Watch Dogs, all of that. So, yeah. Of course, the the interesting thing is he's been terminated, but the studio that he's worked on, he's still that that the studio is still working on something. A AAA title, yes. Yeah, Amsterdam 1666, I think was the working name. I'm not sure I closed it out already. <laughs> um, I'm, I'm just looking through a few stories right quick. I, I was, there's been a lot of different things that have been popping up. That's interesting. I didn't hear about this one. Um, apparently, there's an NO. Ashley. Sorry. Thank you. Um, apparently, there's Anno Online that's coming out, uh, <laughs> which it's pretty interesting. It's a browser-based uh, game. That's I did not even know about this. That's pretty cool. Like Anno Online. What's that? When that in since it's Anno Online, is it trying to be like Eve? No, uh, it's a browser-based. Going to be kind of like. Uh, I don't know. I guess it's going to be like most of those other games that you play in browser. Kind of RuneScape-ish, possibly? Possibly. Uh, it's a strategy game, so I don't know. Uh, I'll try it out. Uh, Anno, not Did I play Anno? What Anno do I have? I have an Anno. Apparently, I also have messages. I don't know. <sighs> Anne of Cleves, I don't know. One of the Anos that came out uh, was basically a stra- uh, really cool. It was a futuristic style Anno, and I've, I've got to figure this out. Anno 2070. Um, very good game. Uh, it's it's very different. I'm not used to the um, not used to the, the Anno style games, so it was a very interesting game. Um. Okay, E three. E three is coming up very soon, very quickly. Pretty much a month from now. Yeah, we're pretty close, and there have been some uh, some lists that have been leaked, and I'm gonna go through some of these games right quick. This was what IGN has on their wiki already for games that have been leaked, that have so supposedly been said that they may be there. Uh, Assassin's Creed, Black Flag, Battlefield 4, Beyond Two Souls, Call of Duty Ghost, 
Escape Down from Capcom. Never heard of it. Uh, Destiny. It's one, the, it's one of the PS4 ones. Yep. Just brought that up. Uh, Destiny, Diablo 3, Dragon Age 3 Inquisition, which has been completely confirmed. Uh, Drive Club, Elder Scrolls Online, FIFA 14, Final Fantasy for the PS4, Infamous Second Son, Killzone Shadowfall, Knack, Madden 25, Mario, <laughs> really? Mario and Luigi Dream Team, Mario Golf World Tour, Mario Kart Wii U, NBA Live 14, which has been confirmed to come out this year, Next, uh, Need for Speed Next Gen, Rayman Legends, Respawn's Game, Splinter Cell Blacklist, Super Mario 3D Wii U, Super Smash Bros. 4, The Evil Within, The Legend of Zelda HD, New, The Legend of Zelda Wind Waker HD, Pokemon X and Y, Watch Dogs, a game from the Watch Dogs developer, which is pretty much what it says, uh, Reflections, The Witcher 3, Wild Hunt, The Witness, and Wolfenstein, The New World Order. Um, so, I mean, those have been what has been rumored. Some of them have been confirmed. Uh, the uh, Wolfenstein, the games from the Watchdog developers, Super Smash Brothers, Mario, Respawn, Need for Speed, NBA Live, Mario Kart Wii U, which I didn't even know was announced, Madden 25, Final Fantasy. Yeah, a lot of some of these games have been basically confirmed to come out, uh, be there. Um, unfortunately, a lot of games that I was hoping for, but not one that I'm kind of holding my breath for. I mean, the only one that I care about right now is Call of Duty Ghost, Battlefield 4, Infamous Second Son, um, Destiny, and I want to see Watch Dogs. Watch Dogs or Wolfenstein. I want to see those two. What about Last of Us? Because <sighs> it comes out that week. That I think there's going to be some presence at E3. I don't, I'm not fully on it. I'm not fully into it. Everybody's asking me why not, why, um, but I wanna, I'm going to play it, but I'm not fully into it. It looks great, it looks good, but I, I want to see more. I want to actually play it a little bit before I get behind it and say it's going to be great. Not just the demo. Right. I, I actually want to play something. Um... Let's just. I don't. Did you bring up the Xbox Infinity thing? <laughs> no, because okay. I love the fact how everybody's made it news, and uh, due to Twitter speculation, it looks like the news that was news isn't actually news. It's just a mocker. Okay. Um, let's discuss it right quick. And I also want to make a comment. Uh, if you haven't played Blood Dragon, play it. Because there's something very interesting that is in Blood Dragon. Uh, there's a line from the female, uh, one of the female characters, who basically says that she's a video game player. She loves violent video games. And then there's something about how violent video games don't make uh, don't make people violent. And then she has an acronym for the word fuck. I don't remember it off the top of my head. I'll have to find it. But if you get a chance to play Blood Dragon, play it. You'll hear that line. It's great. It's very hilarious. Um, 
Sorry guys, something just popped up. That's very interesting. Uh, but let's go ahead and uh, talk about this whole Xbox Infinity thing. I know you have some information, actually. So yeah. What you got? I was going to say with that acronym, as long as it wasn't the uh, Citizens United Negating Technology for Life and People's Safety. What the hell does that spell? I couldn't okay. even follow that. I'm sorry. Considering there's a C, a U, an N, a okay. T, an F, an L, an A, a P, and an S. It's in, wow. it's in Liberty City Story, so... I haven't played it, so... Sorry. Didn't mean to do that. Yeah. There was, there was one, like, similar one in G, GTA 3, like... I don't know, I can't remember what it was. But, uh... Yeah, this the story with the X... Well, there was one thing saying that the Xbox isn't actually now going to be always on. That's been debunked via some staff email. But then you've also got this logo, which has been circulating for about since Christmas, actually. The room with the Xbox Infinity. And... Uh, we are... Never mind. I apologize. Go ahead. Um, yeah, the Xbox Infinity and uh, this this logo that came out because we talked you talked about it. I think a few quite a few months back, didn't you, Sean? Yes, I. This is something we discussed back in December, pretty much. I think. Yeah, and it was basically the Xbox logo, and then there was a. Eight on its side, and I don't think it said Xbox Infinity just at that point. No, it had that. So it, it was an interesting picture. Um, that's pretty much all I remember from December. Yeah. Well, basically, now the International Business Times today, you know, for, for this Friday, yeah. Uh, those of you listening back in the history and trying to go back across the archives or whatever announced that uh, the new console is going to be called the Xbox Infinity and every press site under the sun IGN, everything was using this image now I noticed at the same time somebody on Twitter saying um I uh, I created this image about a year and a half ago, and it's completely fake. <laughs> but the thing is, the font looks so realistic, you wouldn't know it was fake. So it looks to be another one of these cases that uh, it seems to have been completely screwed up. Yeah, the uh, I just found the story right quick. Uh, apparently, the the writer's name is Ciron. And basically, he came out and said, hey, guys, uh, I apologize. I created it. I created it, like, last year. I don't know why people are coming out and saying it's mine or not, or it's the real thing. Sorry. So, that's funny, because what if he actually is part of Microsoft and he's on Reddit? Or what if he isn't? And they've used this idea. I don't know. But It'll be like they'll quickly send him some hush money. 
I would. I'd basically do the quick thing and like, hey, you create it. Good for you. Now here's a hundred thousand dollars. Keep your mouth shut. I mean, they're gonna do something because if they're they are naming it Wii U or uh, Wii U, they're naming Wii U. We got a problem. Um, if they're naming it Infinity, and then they're gonna use his logo, there's gonna be an issue. Quick. If he's I'd say smart, call, I'd say call it the Wii U. Actually, sorry. They call it the Wii U. We got a problem. No, if you call it the Wii U, people won't actually buy it. Uh, uh, I don't know. Nintendo. Yeah, people aren't buying it either way. I just found the uh, the Oculus Rift Guillotine Simulator. I'll have to watch that uh, during the break. But uh, yeah, anything else we need to talk about before we do jump the break? I think that's there was Microsoft did announce that their E3 press conference is going to be on Monday as well. So basically, all the press conferences are going to be Monday. Nothing Tuesday apart from this Nintendo thing, which may or may not happen. So uh, I'm going to have a bloody long day. I'm not going to be able to do the raw recap on H2H that day because PS4, sorry, is more important than. Three hours of Monday Night Raw, especially with the quality of the show's been over recent weeks. Yeah, so... I mean, seriously, uh, TNA main event this week was more interesting than Raw's. (laughs) That's funny. That is hilarious. Uh, So we're going to cut the break. We will be back in a few minutes, I think, if Brassite is there. I know he said lunch was calling. So I'm hoping he is there. If he can give me some kind of sign in the Skype window. It's like stalling tactics or whatever. Yeah, he's, he's back. So we're going to cut the break. We'll be back in a second. And we'll be back with entertainment. So be right back. Each and every midweek with Chuck W. And each weekend with William Walkie Walker and Mindwipe. Exclusively on the SNS Radio Network and the Chris Jones Gaming Network. Yeah. This is going to be fun.
Hey everybody, the Bronx Father here. Are you an Impact Wrestling fan? Are you looking for a place where you can talk about TNA Wrestling and give your opinion on the product? Then you have to tune in to TNA Chat Live every Thursday night at 10.30 Eastern, 8.30 Mountain, where I break down this week's episode of Impact Wrestling, talks and TNA news, and of course, take your phone calls and emails over at TNA Chat Live at snsradionetwork.com. So join us every Thursday and cross the line right here on the SNS Radio Network. Does listening to Wrestling News Live make you a smarter, more knowledgeable wrestling fan? Would the Trey Dog drink Velvet Sky's bathwater? <sighs> well, hello there, Velvet. is some good bath water, baby. Listening to Wrestling News Live does make you a smarter, more knowledgeable wrestling fan, although it will not save you any money on your car insurance. Let's go to our ring announcer. Wrestling fans, your ring announcer here, Sean Beckerman, and I'm proud to present to you the Pro Wrestling Nostalgia Podcast that's taking the IWC by storm beyond the bell. On each edition, we cover a different theme, taking you back in time to relive the greatest and worst in professional wrestling. We go behind the mic, where you will get backstage stories from the perspective of a pro wrestling ring announcer on the independent circuit. Find out what it was like to announce some of the greatest stars in pro wrestling history and the funny stories behind the scenes. And we wrap it all up with old school wrestling music. So tune in to Beyond the Bell each and every week on the SNS Radio Network. And I'll see you at the matches. It's go time. Every Thursday, the SNS Radio Network gets in the ring and starts running the ropes. When I watch, I, okay, I, I caught SmackDown again. I caught, she, I skipped Sheffield's gimmick, and I couldn't help but to think that his new gimmick sounds like an Arby's uh, roast beef sandwich. Join Brian Maverick Bertrand and Chris Kelly from HeadlockSandlines.com as they talk about every random thing going on within the WWE, TNA, Ring of Honor, and the NorCal Independency. Running the Ropes also features interviews with stars from the past. It's me, it's me, it's the D-O-double-G, the road dog Jesse James. Present. What's going on, this is Kazarian. And this is the Fallen Angel, Christopher Daniels. And Future. Hey guys, it's Rima Fatih. And so much more. So join the guys every week on Running the Ropes, right here on the SNS Radio Network. And now back to the open book on the SNS Radio Network.
welcome back, guys. This is, of course, the open book with myself, Sensational Sequel, Sensational Sean, and the British one, Ashley. And this is segment three, where we do talk some entertainment stories, plus whatever else we can figure out. Um, yeah, so, I mean, it's it's been a very interesting show so far. Uh, been a good shot, I think. So, we're on segment three. We've got a, we got a little bit to talk about. Um You've got some stories. I've got some stories. So let's go ahead and jump in on this. Go ahead and take it away, Ashley. I'm going to, I'm going to bring up the one that only just came up on the uh, BBC site. So you mean the one that just made me go deaf? Okay. Yeah, sorry. Uh, Lucasfilm has announced that Star Wars Episode Seven is going to be made pretty much exclusively in the UK. You're just finding that out? Yeah. It's been out for almost two days. <laughs> oh, brilliant. I'm sorry to kill your buzz like that, but yeah, I've known about that for like two days. Well, that, it's always been speculation. Apparently one of the fans' websites speculates it, but Luke, it's only now that LucasArts has officially confirmed it, I think. So the, the article... The article from uh, the the Star Wars fans website was from two days ago, but it's actually got you know the the actual confirmation from LucasArts because they've already kind of confirmed that, or there's been other reports that there's going to be some scenes shot in uh, Scotland for some of the various bits. But yeah, and that that just surprised me so. Arguably two of the biggest films of 2015, Avengers 2 and Star Wars Episode 7, are going to be British. Practically. Because they're all going to be filmed in the UK, so. Unless, of course, they do location shots for uh, Avengers. In, in essence, then, Star Wars Episode 7 is going to be Game of Thrones. Possibly. I don't know. <laughs> Because there ain't much like desert in the UK. So I don't think we're going to tattooing people. Just saying. Unless, of course, they CGI you. Which, given that it's something that George Lucas was involved with, and technically still is, don't get your hopes up. Uh, 24 is coming back to Fox, confirmed by the Fox execs. It's going to be a 12 episode run, apparently. I'm guessing this is because the idea for the 24 movie probably fell through. Or there was so much story that I just thought, let's make it into like a, in essence, a miniseries, because it's, because if it's only going to be 12 episodes, it's probably going to be set over, well, unless they're two hour episodes each. Which they could be, but I don't know how many people would have that attention span. Because the hour-long style shows fit it more. But that was coming possibly next year. I know there was a big thing that also came out that... Something something Avengers-related, but I'll probably wait for that to the end, and probably because Sean's got it. Uh, the... Well, this is something which I'm going to mention here, because I haven't got that many stories, which Sean isn't very happy with. Fifty Shades of Grey. Apparently it could have a director, and surprisingly, it could be Joe Wright. 
the guy that brought you Pride and Prejudice and Soloist and Hannah could be going once again to a relatively completely different uh, genre of sorts. I'd be intrigued to see what he'd do with it and how faithful he'll be to the book. You're fired. What? I put my headset down to look at the TV right quick because apparently they were doing a spoof of Charlie and the Chocolate Factory and the Oompa Loompas. And I come back and you're talking about that? <sighs> really? Okay. Well, I, my only other story, because I'm guessing you're going to have the, both the Avengers ones, is the G.I. Joe story. And that the writers of the first film, G.I. Joe Rise of Cobra, are apparently suing the hell out of MGM, Paramount, Hasbro, and the producers of G.I. Joe Retaliation for basically taking their ideas. They're saying that the concepts that were included in G.I. Joe 2 were already penned by them in this basically draft that they did for G.I. Joe 2. They then got basically... uh, taken, well, they left the process. Other people came in, I guess, to rewrite their script. And the thing is, the two original writers haven't received any sort of credit. And they feel that it was actually their concept. Because if obviously they'll have kept copies of the drafts. And if, I think, if there is enough of a, you know, a mix between the two, they have every right to, uh, take them to court and everything so uh, that's all uh, uh, the the Avengers stuff I'll leave to Sean because there's two see I only have one story on the Avengers and it's actually about the shield and it's the fact that the shield has been picked up by ABC itself and they've actually said to go ahead and start getting filming done um I had a list. Where's the list? Um, you've got Agent Coulson, of course, and you have Agent Grant Ward, who's being played by Brett Dalton. Um, you have Agent Melinda May, who's Ming Na Wen. Um, Agent Leo Fritz, I can't say his name. Um, Agent Gemma, Gemma Simmons, and then Chloe Bennett, who is playing Sky, a computer hacker. So, I mean, that's really the only story I have. Um, and apparently they are looking to uh, what shows this Sunday where a special look at the series will air before the season finale of Once Upon a Time. So apparently they're actually going to start uh, getting a huge push on the uh, marketing part of this show pretty soon. So uh, that's very interesting. Um, I'm going to let you go ahead and bring up the other two. If there's uh, If there's another one. I know which one you've got. I want to talk about that. I want both of us to talk about that. And okay. I don't know what the other one is. So, well, no, because that's what the one was, what you just mentioned. Okay. So I'm going to And the other one is, yeah, apparently there is some sort of pay dispute going on with two pretty big cast members of the Avengers. Most notable, well, they are Scarlett Johansson's Black Widow. And most interestingly, Chris Hemsworth 4. 
one of the reports suggesting that basically he doesn't want to do the uh, exercise regime again to make him buff. I've heard of thought being buff would have like given you action, action or you know drama roles that'd give you stuff. I mean, look at Ryan Gosling. Um, I don't. You know, I guess he trains for quite a lot of his stuff and. I, I can't wait till this only God forgives comes out because his face gets beaten the shit out of. By the end, you don't even know it's Ryan Gosling. It's a credit to the makeup people, but yeah, apparently it's pay disputes and whatever. And the interesting thing is the stuff we talked about last week about the rights coming up could mean that you could have people like Daredevil just be inserted in in place. So possibly, uh, I want to bring this up. I do have a listing of what exactly uh, is being disputed. Um, I'm going to start from the bottom. Uh, these are characters: how much time they spent on cam- on screen, and how much apparently they're being paid after bonuses. Um, Hawkeye time on screen: twelve point forty four minutes. Salary after bonuses: two to four million dollars. Thor time on screen: twenty five point fifty two minutes. Salary after bonus is two to four million. That is Banner and Hulk time on screen twenty eight point zero three minutes. Salary after bonus is two two to four. Captain America time on screen thirty seven point forty two minutes. Salary after bonus is two to four. Nick Fury time on screen no one fucking knows. Salary after bonuses four to six four to six. No one fucking knows. That's what it says. Um, Black Widow, time on screen, 33.35 minutes. Salary after bonuses, 4 to 6. Iron Man. She was in the movie more than Captain America. I don't remember that. No, she was. she's under by 4 minutes. Oh, okay. Um, Iron Man, who uh, is beaten by Captain America by time on screen. Uh, time on screen, 37.01 minutes. Salary after bonuses. Fifty million. So yeah, Robert Downey's pretty much like yeah, we're I'm not I don't like this, and he wants to he he made it he made it basically out there said hey, I'm not doing anything until you guys basically pay them better pay them good. Um, I'm, I'm looking at something else. Uh, I, there's a story that apparently that's been that's come out that's pretty interesting. Robert Downey Jr. says he won't sign for Avengers 2 unless his castmates are fairly compensated. The news of Robert Downey Jr.'s 50 million plus Avengers payday becoming public knowledge is the real life equivalent of Thor's hammer falling from the sky as it has shaken the Marvel universe. In comparison to Downey's deal, the rest of the cast were reportedly paid 200,000 for their roles and the 1.1 million. 1.1 billion blockbuster. Now that Marvel's looking to execute their sequel options, things are getting interesting. The cast is looking for 5 million up front and a bigger piece of the back end while Marvel is allegedly threatening to recast. A tactic they've proven works pretty well in the past. The only card the cast has to play is a wild one. Downey himself. With his contract obligations under his belt, Marvel will have to sweeten the pot if they want their star back for future sequels. But to Marvel chagrin, the Avengers are, are assembling with Downey as the leader. Deadline reports that the actor won't sign for Avengers 2 unless his castmates are fairly compensated. 
He's the only guy with real power in this situation, and balls of steel, too. He's already sent a message that he's not going to work for a place where they treat his colleagues like shit. There's a rep who only cares about their percentage. Personally, I feel like the, the real talent of Marvel films is behind the camera, and the money should be put on the screen. It doesn't matter which actors which actor dons the mask. 40 to 60% of the movies are all CGI. Anyway, as long as Marvel turns out quality films with awesome special effects, the talent will remain irrelevant. The Hulk proved that via the screen junkies. So, yeah. Plus the rumor that there is going to be no more, outside of Avengers, there's going to be no more Downey Jr. in an Iron Man suit. Yeah, he's that's the interesting thing. Um and I'm wondering is that because of the entire um thing or is that because of Downey is just done. Well, Downey's always said he doesn't want to do any kind of any sort of Iron Man stuff after the age of 50. He's currently 48. So I think, by the sounds of it, he's going to make special, a special, you know, exception for Avengers 3. Because hmm. obviously, he knows the significance of trilogies and how it's best to keep consistency. Because in essence, okay, you know, even Dumbledore changing in Harry Potter gave it a slightly different feel of sorts. Yeah, okay, but, that was due to death. That was due yeah. to death and not age, but you know. Yeah. So I mean, that's that's interesting because I'm I, I want Robert Downey Jr. to continue, but I also understand what he's doing, and I think that is one of the coolest things. I mean, I've all he's always shown off that he's a dick, or that he can be a dick. He wants to be seen as a dick. But he's really just this nice guy, and that's that's awesome. I'm I'm glad to see that. So I hope to um, I hope they get what they want. I hope they get the money. I hope they really get some money for this one because they deserve it. I mean, they're, I mean, how much did more, the Avengers bring in? Like what, a couple hundred billion? So. Oof. I don't think it did that far. It di- it did it did a billion. It, I think it's like the second highest grossing film ever. Yeah. So I mean, why couldn't they get their money? I mean, I, I I think Marvel. I don't think it was Marvel's fault. I think it was more so the company behind that. Um, I think it has to do with Disney a little bit, and. I I really think that Disney kind of screwed people over. So, just have a quick look at the numbers. That's what I think. Avengers um, took one point five billion. So there you go. They had plenty of money to spread around. I mean, they had plenty of money after making sure that everybody else got paid. They had plenty of money to spread around. So, come on, a million. I mean, come on, Marvel. Come on, Disney. Do us a favor. Get some money else. Get, get get some money spread around. Go ahead. Um. 
Oh, that's what it was. Interesting. Uh, let's see what this is. Let's see what the money bringing in here is. Don't care. Uh, funny thing is, the uh, Star Trek, since you... What was the uh, what was our talk, a conversation? What was the start of that? Basically you how the, it may be, due to the nature of it, may piss off fanboys. Okay. I shouldn't say fanboys, I should say the diehard fans. Because if, if the rumours are true, I'm not hugely bothered. Because obviously I'm not going anywhere near spoilers. I don't want to be... I don't want to piss people off. But, uh, you know, it's... What do you expect from J.J. Abrams? That's all I'm saying. Well, I mean, I'll look at it like this. Why should the fanboys be the only ones who are pleased with a movie? Why should they be the only ones that are catered to in a movie of this type? Why? Because well, they're, Hold on, hold on, hold on. You, you can bring up your point, whatever it is, in a second. Um, I mean, let's look at Star Wars. I expect Star Wars Episode Seven to be completely changed from what I expect. I am a fanboy. I'm a diehard fanboy for a Star Wars film. But I don't want to be catered. I want it to be changed. I want it to be different. I want it to be something that is going to make me be like, well, okay, I like what you did there. Star Trek, I didn't like. I, I didn't watch the TV show. I watched the original movies. I will claim that. I watched all of the movies that came out. Shifty says because we built the franchise. Yeah, okay, whatever. Now it's 2013. The franchise was back then, was back in the day. Now it's new era. Now it's new time. Now it's for everyone else to get something to enjoy, not for the fanboys to go out and say, "Oh, really? I'm gonna I'm gonna write some crap posts about this." No, it's it's my it's my time pretty much. The time for us who have not cared about the TV show, the time for the people who want to enjoy something different. And that's pretty much what I expect for every single movie that I that is coming out. Uh, Iron Man 3, I haven't seen it yet because I don't really care right now. I want to see it, but I don't really care at the same time. Star Trek Into Darkness, everything I've seen, ev- all the trailers make me want to see that movie. Will I go see it in theaters? Probably, but on its last week in theaters. The only movie this year that has made me look at it is Pacific Realm. That is the only movie that has made me feel like I have to go see that movie in theaters. And it's because it is the one of the most original ideas to come out so far this year. Yeah, I'm going to let you go ahead. Well, no, it's not. It's not. A, well, yeah, it's because it is a Godzilla-style film. It is kaiju. <laughs> it is kaiju. But how many kaiju films do, have we had in the past couple years? <laughs> There was that, oh, what is it? The Korean one. Yeah, hold on. Yeah, I, 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 I know what you're talking about. Um, but that's pretty much one. And how many yeah, sci-fi... Yeah, many. The, how many the only sci-fi's? other one has been Mega Shark and Giant Octopus, but that's just... No one. No one, no one cares about that. How many sci-fi um, space films have we had in the past couple of years? A lot. How many superhero films have we had in the past couple of years? A lot. Pacific Realm is pretty much the only film that has come out that has pretty much been off an original idea. 
off of a kaiju-style film. And I am completely fine with that. But everything else has pretty much been to the fact that it's time for something new. It's time for something new. Go ahead, Ashley. The point I was making, actually, is uh, there was an interview over here that I heard today with basically J.J. saying, I'm not making this film for Star Trek fans. I'm making it for the wider audience to try and get them into Star Trek. Well, he didn't even really say that. He says he's just making an action, a, a sci-fi action film, which I I'm think could, could annoy could annoy the diehards even more. Because, well, I don't, I don't know. I'd have to. I'd, it'd be interesting to see uh, Mindwipe and uh, Walkie and Chuck W's opinions on it. And that's that's them. That's the guys who are actually diehard fans. Those are the fanboys. I mean, I'm not saying anything bad about the guys. I'll, I'll love those guys to death. But this is something completely different. I, I'm i not a huge fan of J.J. Abrams, but Star Trek, I loved it. Star Trek was a great movie to me. To someone who has not seen... I, I, okay, let me put it like this. I've seen maybe five, maybe ten episodes of the TV show, the original. I've seen a little bit of the other iterations of it. Um, I mean, it wasn't one of those shows that made me sit down and be like, oh, this is really awesome. I love this. No, it wasn't that for me. So when it comes to stuff like this, the stuff that people are like, yeah, it should have been this way and this way and this way. And why are you standing in front of me telling me this? Or why are you typing this to me? Why aren't you off over here putting your ideas on paper so that people can up there in Hollywood can see that? Don't trash something because you don't like the way it is. If you don't like it, then that's your choice and not liking it. You can always... You always have the right to do something about it. And unfortunately for us, as fans of a product, we can't do much. But we can do something cool, which is fan fiction. And it's interesting because I was talking to somebody the other day. Fan fiction can be made into movies. Uh, and I say that because somebody's did. And I'm going to leave it at that. Um because I don't know the full story behind it, but as a fan of a certain product, as a fan of a certain style, as a fan of a certain genre, as a fan of all of that, we, I, us, everyone, the only thing people do now is bitch and moan, complain. I mean, it's the same way with wrestling, same way with movies. If something's not right, people complain. And that's how it is. That's how it's always been. And I don't agree with it, but at the same time, what can I do about it? I just go there to enjoy what's in front of me. I go there with an open mind. I don't exactly go in with pre with predetermined ways of things, how, how things should be. So, I mean, that's me. I really, um, for example, I, King Arthur. 
the one that came out a couple years ago with Clive Owen. I went in expecting a crap movie. But I came out with probably one of my favorite uh, medieval-style films ever. Absolutely one of my favorite Clive Owen films of all time. Well, except for Sin City, but I mean, that's on its own. Um, so, I mean, that's just my opinion. And I have the right to say my opinion, just like everybody else has the right to say their, say their opinion. Um, and Shifty's saying something in chat. I don't agree with it at all, but that's his opinion. Um, basically, he says they're, if they're fucking up something that wasn't broken, fans have every right to complain. And they do. But then those, there's those people who feel that they didn't fuck something up. You don't like it because of the way you think it should be done. And that's not how everybody feels. That's how only a certain part feels. That's how a certain percentage feels. I mean, am I wrong in saying that, Ashley? No, I don't think so. Okay. I, I, well, I, I just want you to say something so I know you're still alive over there. Because um, my my little rant, I'm I'm don't I don't want to rant all the time. Um, I don't know. I I feel a certain way, and I just want basically to be like Anthony says it right there, and that's what I like. You know, some you sometimes have to shake things up so it isn't just the same old. Right there is exactly what I'm trying to say. And I like that. Tell that to the writers of the scary movie franchise. Yeah, guess what? I don't care. <laughs> uh, that's that's a whole different. That's a whole different thing. Um, that's completely different. I will say I I, I am looking forward to uh, a haunted house too. Because it's doing exactly what a shit what scary movie should have done. Um, but anyways, uh, I don't have anything else to say. I mean, I pretty much just ranted and I don't I, I don't like doing that. I don't like just continue doing that. Um, it's 12.28. Uh, da, 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 da. You know, we'll open the phone lines up. I'm sure somebody wants to call in and, and bitch at me and moan at me and complain at me for what I've just said. Um, so you know what? I'm going to let them. I'm going to let somebody... I'm sure Walkie is actually listening. Um, or Mindwipe is listening. And I know someone is going to call in. Oh, Walkie's not even online. Interesting. So, somebody wants to call in, bitch at me, moan at me. Come on. Um, Ashley, how can they call? Ashley? Uh, you can call him five zero eight, or you can call him by. Sorry. <laughs> Try that one more time. Five zero one five eight eight seven nine five seven, or Sunday Night Showdown via your Skype. Okay. So there you go. Um, I do have an email. It's from L Train, so I'm going to go ahead and get get through this. Uh, hey, yo, guys. First off, how is Mirror Edge 2 not on the list of games expected to E3 this year? I know you missed me bringing up that game, Sean. You better bring it to the show EA. 
now, as for my favorite gimmick matches, I think that perhaps the TLC matches would have to be my the top of my list, purely for the number of ways you can see the weapons used. Who could forget Edge spearing Jeff Hardy off off out of midair, but a number of times you've seen someone go from the top of the ladder through a table. One point to bring up, though, considering someone's inevitable departure. Sean mentioned earlier some matches that The Undertaker is synonymous with, buried alive matches, casket matches, but once Undertaker retires, we'll be seeing those type of matches disappearing. Do you think that perhaps within the next 10 or so years, we could see someone brought up, not as a Taker 2.0, but someone who could have these matches utilized for them? <coughs> that will ever see Inferno matches return in the PG era, even if Kane, Kane hangs around for a few more years. Though, who knows, there could always be a wrestler who has a little brother who is horribly burned and masked in a fire. Peace, L-Train. Um, uh, yeah. As far as the entire uh, Taker retiring, I think we are going to see somebody come up in the next few years who will be a Taker-esque style of character. And I think we could see not a brother, but possibly a tag team partner who will be uh, in the style of Kane. Um, and we'll see them feud, and we'll see them do all these matches. I, I don't think... I think the Buried Alive matches, the casket matches, will come back in some fashion. Um, but as far as the Inferno matches, I don't think we'll see, probably. Due to the fact, I mean, they are very expensive to put on, um, and they have to be done in certain areas certain places, certain arenas because of the distance from the uh, the ring the, the fans have to be, stuff like that. So I, <coughs> excuse me, um, I do expect to see that disappear for a while. Ashley? Yeah, there's certain, the Inferno thing I don't think you'll see really again. Because it won't fit, but yeah, I can, I can, I, I can see something happening with it definitely. With some of them staying around. With, you sound uh, tired. Eh? You sound yeah. a little tired, there, buddy. Well, I have been up for well, I had a tiny couple of hours sleep earlier on, but pretty much I've been going for about nineteen hours. So, I mean, um, I mean, go ahead, finish. I'm sorry. No, but it's... Obviously, with the, the ex, you can't go too extreme in this day and age. But I think with what they do with extreme rules is probably just far enough. Not for sure, and Sean wants blood and, you know, cage <laughs> of death, but... <laughs> I, but I can... I, I don't expect that from WWE. I don't expect oh, no, nothing no, no. at all. Yeah, I expect a certain, certain thing from WWE, and I'm fine with that. I'm, I, I'm, uh, I don't know what the word is. I'm uh, something. I don't know, uh, but I'm fine with satisfied. No, yeah, well, satisfied. I don't know what the word is. I, I forget it. I'm, I'm tired myself. Um, yeah. Oh well. Body bag matches. Oh god. I've only seen a couple of those, and I don't think we'll be seeing those ever again. Speak. Yeah. 
the the stre- the not the stretcher uh, the straight jacket match that they had at Shine Nine. I didn't really get, but I've only seen one of those two, and that was Scott Steiner and Booker T, and that was in a cage. That was in a excuse me, hold on. That was in a butthole of doom style cage. Yay! Yeah. Um, since we are. Um, since we are both kind of tired, we're going to go ahead and just uh, close the phone lines. So, because I've got to be at work at nine nine thirty in the morning, and I kind of want to have I kind of want to play a game before I go to bed. I want to play a little bit of Star Drive before I go to bed. So, um, anything you want to say before we do go to bed, Ashley? Um, or before just... we go off the air? I'm sorry. <laughs> We're pulling the curtain there. Uh, really, just hope everyone has a good week. And my word, is it going to get busy over the next 28, 28 something days? Because obviously, two weeks it's the Xbox reveal, and then four or five weeks is the whole E three stuff, and then there'll probably be a Nintendo Direct in between. Where they go, oh, by the way, Metroid on Wii U. Nobody saw it coming. And, this, and then everyone will just speculate about that for the whole time until the E3 press conferences happen. Um, okay. Yeah, what I also will mention now, just ahead of next week, uh, the, you might not do it now, but just advance warning, four down picks next week. Yeah, because we will be talking about that next week. Um, if you haven't logged on to Four Down in a while, log on, get stuff figured out. Uh, because we are, we have entered new season. We need to go ahead and get this done. So go ahead and get into that. Um, to anyone who possibly wanted to call in who didn't call in, and you want to complain to me, complain about me, whatever, email still open. I'll read it this week. I'll bring it up on the air. Don't care. Either way, uh, I'll bring it up. If it's in the email and you're complaining about me, I will read it. Don't worry. Uh, if you want to go off on me on WNL on Tuesday, go ahead. TNA Chat Live Thursday, go ahead. You know what? Actually, hold on. If you want to go off on me on Wrestling News Live every Tuesday at 9, at 9 o'clock Eastern on uh, Tuesdays, of course, Go ahead. If you want to go off on me on TNA Chat Live every Thursday at 10.30 p.m. Eastern, go ahead. If you want to go off on me on the Open Book, which is, of course, every Friday. At, uh, next Friday, it'll be at 11 p.m. Eastern. Go ahead. Of course, you got Sunday Night Showdown every pay-per-view weekend. Go ahead. Do that. Or, of course, um, you can always complain straight to Mindwipe, Walkie, or any of those guys, because I'm sure they'll agree with you on going against me I'm, sh- I'm sure so yeah um shifty says something in chat and i want to i want to make a comment to that um is the uh i know he's retired i'm gonna ask brassai to come on the air for a second please what is the determination behind that there has been no determination okay uh 
long story short, Trey is pretty much retired unless he can get his audio situation straightened out. Uh, if the show does not come back, then Unplugged will be coming back in its place. However, no determinations of any shows have been made. Because last night, Bronx also speculated TNA Chat Live might end when they switched the time for Impact Wrestling on Thursday nights. There's a lot of movement going on in the network, and right now, nobody knows what's going on yet. But announcements will be made soon, I'm sure. There you go. Thank you, uh, thank you, Brass Eye, for coming back on for a second. I'm going back to breakfast. Bye. There you go. Um, open book's not going anywhere, as far as I can determine at this moment. Yeah. Um, we'll be right here no, still. Well, no, it is going somewhere. It's moving back to its original time next week. <laughs> I was about to say, if you say something, I'm going to stab you. Hey, uh, yeah, I was right. just trying to say that we are moving of sorts. We are. We're going back to our original time next week, um, 11 p.m. Uh, what I plan to do is day if Fridays that I'm off, I will try to do my best to make the show earlier. Um, we may go 9 p.m. next time. We may go 10 p.m. Um, but it's going to be around 9:10 if I'm off. Uh, I will give you guys a week week head up to understand that it will be going to that time just for that week. It will be confusing, but I'm trying to give you guys an earlier show, pretty much. Um, I can't do earlier shows when I work. Uh, it's just one of those things. So, and as far as Anthony does say, I'm not trying to bring Brassai back on the air. Um, Brassai has told me multiple times he has done as a uh, on-air person, I, I am yeah, done with bring him on for clarifications and stuff. Clarification, determinations, factors of that. I will ask for his opinion. Um, that's the only way he will be on the air. Uh, that is that is only if he wants to do it too. So, yeah. Um. So yeah, uh, what shows do we have in podcast form, Ashley? Uh, the Elite Force podcast, the midweek with Chuck W and the weekend with Walkie and Mindwipe, uh, Beyond the Bell with Sean Beckerman, uh, and uh, my show, the whole indie show with myself, Randy, and Sandra. Which oh, yeah, could that get interesting in a couple of weeks. But that's all I'm saying. <laughs> Anthony, no. No. Um, as far as your last statement goes, no. Uh, One thing I will mention as well, because I forgot to. Okay. Uh, Thoughts, respects, and all that go out to Ray Harryhausen, who passed away this week. Legend of filmmaking and stop-motion animation. And also to Andrew Bart Simpson, who was an Olympic gold medalist, Olympic, well, two-time Olympic medalist, Sailor, who tragically died yesterday in a f- what looks to be some sort of freak act- catamaran accident in uh, preparation for the America's Cup happening later this year. I just cut my finger. Um, to anyone wondering, 
I am actually on season two now of Supernatural. I have finished the third episode in, and I'm liking it. Um, I am very much liking it. It's a very good show. Uh, it has actually made me go back and start looking at my urban legends, my supernatural stuff of my own, uh, stuff that I have looked at in the past, but kind of stopped at for a while. Uh, so I'm, yeah, I'm enjoying it. I've got seven seasons on Netflix, so I'm very happy with that. And I think they're on season nine right now on TV. I know they're probably going to be ending the show. Uh, so season two, I'm working my way through it very slowly because I'm enjoying it. I don't know why people are, I don't know why Anthony's telling me to uh, hurry, but I'm pretty much watching a epi- two episodes a day. Um, well, I take that back. I really take that back. Uh, I do know I watched seven episodes the other day. Um, if I have the day off, I pretty much watch. I watch a lot. I watch a lot. And they're 45 minutes long, so... It, it takes it takes me a little while to get through it. Um, show's getting really good. I'm loving it. Great, love it. Absolutely enjoying it. So, yeah, I'm gonna work my way. Uh, Sunday, I I'm going to Kinston. Um, excuse me, I'm going home, back to my hometown. It is Mother's Day. I do want to say Happy Mother's Day to all the moms out there. Uh, I hope you guys go and tell your moms you love you. You love them. Definitely tell them you love yourself. Um, give them a hug. Just tell them you love them. Um, I don't have to, actually. Okay. Well, no, this, our Mother's Day is like mid-March. Completely different time to when it is uh, for America. Ashley, you get still that. tell your mom that you love her. I do that anyway. Okay. Um, but with that, uh, I want to thank everybody for listening. I want to thank, uh, every, everybody for really coming, coming on, joining us. Uh, for those who hate me now for my thoughts and opinions, thank you. I love you too. That's Um, why he's the voice of the voiceless people. That's right. Uh, we, I have to live that up. I mean, we are the voices of the voiceless here on the SNS radio network. We do. Go, I go against the grain. I will claim it. I go against the grain. Uh, Ashley tends to blow his own way. But well, sometimes my voice apparently makes people deaf as well. Yeah, so we are the voices of the voiceless um, here on The Open Book. And I want to thank you all for joining us tonight. Uh, tonight's song is by, by Nickelback. I know you're all probably tuning out now, but it's a good song. It's one of my favorite songs by Nickelback, Animals. So with that, we will catch you guys next week right here on The Open Book. Have a good one.
Wrong.